0: of my heart, not be all else to save One of the things that surprised me as I've gotten involved in some of uh, the national church stuff is I didn't realize there were so many Lutherans down south, in particular in North Carolina and Texas, there's a lot. And... Uh, well, if you know anything about a southern picnic, there's a couple things that are staples there. And there was a pastor down there. He was having a, they were having a big church picnic. And uh, all the usual things were going on, the sack races. And everybody brought their favorite food and had to share it around and share the compliments back and forth and all this stuff. Well, at a certain point in the afternoon as things progressed, the, uh, the pastor was holding court. Around one of the picnic tables, and and he was getting a little excited. And, he, and I guess somebody had asked him a question, a theological question. Which my family knows if they do that to me, they're in for a long ride. They better buckle up. Uh, well, the pastor was getting a little worked up, and he was saying, so, "You know, it, it, there's, we are we're we have this old sinful man inside of us, the old Adam, and, and when we enter the waters of baptism." God takes that baptismal grace, takes His Word, uses it to connect us to Jesus Christ in His death. So that His death washes away all our sins and we rise out of that water pure. The old man is dead. We have risen up, united to our Lord Jesus Christ. Well, at about this point, one of the farmers who was a member of his parish must have thought he was getting a little too worked up. Because there's another thing that's a staple of every southern picnic. Sweet tea and lemonade. And lots of ice cubes in them. Well, he took one of the jars of lemonade, one of those glasses, and right over the pastor's head. Apparently thought he needed to cool him down a little bit. Well, the pastor got upset. The pastor started cussing like the proverbial sailor. <laughs> and The farmer looked up and said, Well, pastor, looks like someone's been giving the old man a little CPR. (laughs) Yeah, tough. The words of that his teaching was right. We are raised up out of the waters of baptism, spotless, as our psalm said today, washed clean as snow. And yet, we struggle all the days of our lives with our sin. 1517, Martin Luther nailed 95 propositions to the door of a church kicking off the Lutheran Reformation. So last year we celebrated the 500th anniversary of that Reformation. But in 1518, something perhaps more important happened. Because that was the touch point. But in 1518 was something called the Heidelberg Disputation, And it was the first time that the evangelical teachings had been systematically organized and presented and of course, central to those teachings is that we are saved by grace through faith that none may boast, Ephesians 2, 6-8. But, there's some ramifications to that teaching. And one of them became sort of a rallying cry of the Reformation in in the 1500s. And this phrase is very popular amongst Lutheran pastors. I'm sure you learned it at seminary, same as I did, Pastor Hirschman. But uh, simul justus et peccator, or peccator, which means it's Latin for simultaneously saint and sinner. Now, there's ways to misunderstand this. But the truth of it is that we have... Those of us, we are all sinful creatures. We need to be saved by grace through faith, which means God, in His goodness, reaches down and covers us with the righteousness of Christ, unites us with Christ's righteousness in holy baptism, and then perpetuates that through the sacraments of the church, the preaching of the church, through giving us faith so we can follow along after Christ. But we're still sinners in the middle of all that. Now one way of misunderstanding this is that well this is a marriage made in heaven I mean God likes to forgive I like to sin <laughs> this is great this is the mistake the Corinthian church made and so Paul had to write a couple letters to them that are in our Bible but a proper way to understand this is that while we are called to reform of life we are as Jesus first proclamation in the gospel of Mark reminds us we are called to repent to turn away from our sin As we do that, as we set out to be a saint for Christ, we are going to inevitably become a sinner. Because when you go out into that world, I don't know if you've noticed lately, but it's a mess. If you haven't noticed lately, go turn on the news. And in the world out there, this world full of fallen people that's under a curse because of us, when you get out there and try to do right, when you try to be a hero for Jesus, the first thing you're going to recognize is that it's not always a choice between good and evil. I wish the world was like the John Wayne movies that my dad raised us watching where the good guys always wore white hats and the bad guys always wore black hats. It would be way simpler to know what the right thing to do was. But often the choice is not between good and evil. Often the choice is between good and easy. Which is why Lord Acton could observe that all that is required for the triumph of evil is that good men do nothing. So much of the evil that happens in our world is because we're simply doing nothing. We're distracted. We're lethargic. Well, another reason why a lot of evil happens is that another thing you're going to encounter out in that world is that it's not always the choice between good and evil. It's the choice between bad and worse. And in doing the right thing, you're still going to be doing the wrong thing. That's why we have sayings like, remember, when you've chosen the lesser of two evils, you've still chosen evil. It's tough to set out to do something for God. And we see Peter falling into this very trap in our reading today. He sets out courageous, full of faith, and then notices the obstructions, notices the difficulties, And immediately he starts to sink. We are often caught in this bind because we go out to do good for God and we discover a fatal flaw in ourselves as we go out to do it. As I've trained to be a pastoral counselor, I'm sure Pastor Hirschman could certify this, Pastor Hirschman is a a therapist, Um, part of what surprised me that I was taught was that people who suffer from PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder, whether it's from warfare or from an abuse situation, that the worst of their affliction comes often not in what's happened to them, although that can be horrible and soul-crushing in and of itself, but more how they responded under pressure, the things that they never thought they would do that they found themselves doing. These are the things that hurt them the most afterward because when something happens from the outside, we we know where the blame lies, even if it was hurtful. But when we find ourselves doing something we never thought we would do, we know the fault is within us. And this is true in big and small things in our lives. We are like Peter on the water. We are the ones setting out to do the right thing and yet failing. Full of doubt or fear or anxiety or whatever it is, whatever it is that makes us turn from our original idea and choose something less, that's in each of us. How then? How then can we be forgiven? How often can we be forgiven for failing in the same way over and over and over despite our best efforts? The answer is we can be forgiven as often as we ask. As often as we cry out, Lord, save me! That is exactly what He'll do. And lift us out of the water into which we're sinking and surround us with His love, pull us into the boat where the winds will die down and the seas will become calm. But the reality of a mercy that great is hard for us to grasp in our limited humanity. I want to close with a story and say that this is, this is why Although adoration is the root of all prayer, our love of God based on His love for us, every one of our prayers, confession should be a regular part of it because each of us does it, does sin all the time and we are always in need of restoration. There's always something that's keeping us to, from coming to God in prayer with a fully open heart. So confession helps us set those whatever that obstruction is internal to us aside so we can really connect and pray. A colleague of mine um, had the privilege of ministering to his father. His father was a veteran of World War II and served in the Pacific Theater. Um, When his father was diagnosed with terminal cancer, things started to come up that had been suppressed for years and years and years. Things he had kind of buried um, of his experiences in the war. And um, he started talking to his son, who was also a pastor and a therapist. And, um, and he said, I, the, thing, the thing I can't get is how can God forgive me for all those lives I took. I knew it was the right thing. I knew I was fighting for my country, but they were fighting for their country. I believed I was protecting my own. They believed they were protecting their own. To do the right thing, I had to do the wrong thing and kill another boy just like me. And I did it over and over and over again. How can God possibly forgive me for this? So his son bought two tickets. They flew to Australia and got on a boat. And they went and visited... He was a naval man. They visited every single place he'd been in battle. And as they floated on the waters there, he prayed for those he'd had to kill in the line of duty and asked God for forgiveness if he had done wrong. Every place, battlefield after battlefield, ocean after ocean, until finally as they reached their last one and the next day they would board a plane to fly home. They stood at the gunwale of the boat looking out over the water. And my friend said to his father, Dad, what now? His dad sat there with tears in his eyes looking out over the water and began to sing the old hymn. When peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my lot, you have taught me to say, it is well. It is well with my soul. No matter our transgression, no matter how often we've committed the same one, we cry out, Lord, save me. And He does. That is a God worth praying to. Will You join me for a word of prayer. Lord, indeed, there are so many things inside of us, so many moments when we did things of which we are ashamed and sometimes we repeat them in spite of our best efforts and best intentions. Lord, help us to cry out again and again, Lord, save me. Let us turn to you trusting that you always, always will. And have the assurance of your word that as far as east is separated from west, so are we separated from our sins, cleansed by your grace, which we hold on to by faith. Help us to offer ourselves wholeheartedly to you every time we bow in prayer. And this we ask... In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Be thou my vision, O Lord of my heart. Not be all else to me save that thou art. Be thou my best not in the day and the night. We keep not sleeping thy prayer. Who is my light?